Hello and welcome to the Riff Raff and Rory podcast. On this podcast, I aim to inspire change by speaking to people that I relate to and we'll be discussing a range of subjects and topics including trauma, adversity, healing and mental health and well-being. I cherish my inner being and I'm on a journey to stay grounded, living in the present, reflecting on the past and looking forward to the future. On this week's podcast singer-songwriter Blonet. She's a fresh new voice on the UK music scene. Hailing from Ireland, she fuses indie folk, jazz and modern tones. With a hauntingly powerful voice and a confessional style, she etches unforgettable stories on the listener's ear. In early 2019, She launched into the indie folk scene, gathering a huge following on social media with her unique interpretations of both modern and classic songs, which have accumulated over 300,000 total views on Instagram in 2020 alone. On the 26th of March, 2021, Blonde had released her debut original single, Fool's Gold, to critical acclaim. It has been played on BBC Radio Wales, BBC Radio Kent, BBC Radio Ulster and Foyle, and three times on BBC Radio 1's Chillest Show. Being hailed as a cinematic masterpiece alongside her completely captivating voice with comparisons to Joni Mitchell, Kate Bush, Sinead O'Connor and Enya. For Blonde, this is only the beginning. With her next single, Dead Man Dancing being released in the next few weeks in September. She is definitely one to watch. St. Patrick's Day, Irish music, Irish coming home, melody awareness, fool's gold, unrequited love, COVID entertainment, industry struggles individual brilliance creativity imposter syndrome confidence performance heavy imagery introspection mental health in music Celebration of art. Foundation of human experience. Suffering and love. Connection to the gift of life. Welcome to the Riff Raff and Rory podcast. Uh, today I'm very fortunate to be joined by um, one of the first guests that I connected with actually that took a bit longer to uh, get uh, this uh, conversation uh, penciled in, which has been even more worthwhile in waiting. Uh, a musician by uh, trade, uh, an Irish girl by nature, uh, living in the UK. Uh, so Blonde, welcome to the uh, podcast. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so uh, if I'm right in saying, uh, rolling from the introductions, uh, 
our first point of contact was back in March, I think, not long after you had probably, I imagine, in your own nature, like to be fair, connected on Clubhouse. Now, my own Clubhouse journey started probably on, say, the first part of February. But uh, maybe if for our listeners uh, who maybe haven't heard of Clubhouse, uh, Clubhouse, again, is just a new app that is like a social media platform on audio. Uh, and it was around Paddy's day that I came across Blonde at first. But do you want to just give us maybe a bit of background and context around your own last few months? And then maybe we can just see how the conversation flows on that journey to where you are at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I so I joined Clubhouse in around January. Um, and like I said, it's kind of like an audio version of LinkedIn. So that's been amazing for me as a musician to uh, talk to other people in the industry that I would never have had a chance to talk with. and also. To- to the wider Irish community which has been really nice and obviously you know that's that's how we got to know each other because I I kind of was hopping about a few Irish community rooms um on Clubhouse and I came across um a couple of uh well three 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 people actually um who I made uh, who I made good good connections with um Graham, Sonia and James and they asked me to write a song for St Patrick's Day um so that's I guess where where things things really kicked off so <laughs> yeah thanks for that and it's amazing because uh even on that day on the day nationally that is our national day of uh, I suppose fortune in the world that everyone bangs on about St. Patrick's Day in its essence and like even to like take a moment in that uh, moment during the day like they managed to gather so much context around I think they had Michael D they had uh, say pieces from the Taoiseach they had such collaboration uh, from such a small community and it really shows the value of how you can really network in the essence that connecting through the arts uh, really has yeah. you know, launched Ireland. And one of my journeys uh, that creatively came towards this conversation, which is a really interesting point, and I've never actually sat down with a musician and properly unpacked my own journey on this, would say similarly coming from mental health and creativity would be uh, lyrically and composing and all those areas that I find great uh, satisfaction in just nearly my own practice, nearly just sitting, meditating, uh, writing for whatever it might be. Um, but um, maybe on your journey, like how, how does your own uh, lyrical story, uh, what, what brought you into music essentially? Yeah. Um, so I've been doing music for like a long time since I was much younger but I didn't start writing music until um around late 2018 because I tried it before and everything that I wrote I was like that's awful I can't I can't put that into the world um so I kind of thought that writing wasn't for me um and I was just one of those people that would just sing and not write um and then I remember uh I was walking through a train station and a song just dropped out of the air into my lap I was like god so I wrote it down and that's kind of think that kind of opened up a well um within me and and like you say like in terms of that it's that expressive element which I really enjoy about songwriting and I think it's been a great outlet for I guess talking about things with myself and and thinking how how do I want to um kind of how do I want to process that and then how do I want to kind of package that into something that I can understand but that is also beautiful in a way that I can that I can make it into a song um if that makes sense so yeah, yeah no absolutely and for maybe people that would not connect with that uh, I'm trying to think how we could relay that in a simpler form that 
it's like in essence where the simplest form I've ever heard music uh, described as is nearly two avenues. You either connect to the um, the tone or the beat, say, of the music mm-hmm. or the sound even, uh, or the lyrics. Like people connect to music and music in general or writing uh, is such a foundational piece of Ireland in so many ways. Like it, Jesus, we could go on to any story and connect out through St. Patrick back right through the literature. Mm. I think it's a real foundational piece that really probably highlights globally how Ireland is seen in a much better context than the normal inverted commas uh, phrase that we get referred to when we're out on Patrick's Day in a sense of running around having fun. Yeah. Uh, the drunken Irishman, essentially, or woman in any context. But it's the same thing in the sense that maybe the freestyle of that nature of just being carefree when it's expressed, especially like you're saying and how you're feeling, uh, shines through so, so true, even in that piece that you wrote for St. Patrick's Day, because it even still rings in your ear, in my ear, sorry, rather, that... Uh, it lifted the whole nature of what we were doing. So for those of you who wouldn't have understood or been there on the day, essentially what happened with uh, Clubhouse in essence, essentially it's like a chat room that was created for the whole day on Patrick's Day. Uh, That audio um, pieces were put together like an online radio, essentially, for the whole day for Irish people at home or anywhere really, to be honest, or anyone that wants to come in. There was people telling stories all over the world and then Blona very uh, fortunately came with her piece and to be fair, stole the show in the part of the day because it was so uh, poetically put together. As you say, like, that's probably one of the things maybe I've never like taken to an instrument, but I've tried my hand at the Jemba Jemba and a few uh, other South African uh, type mm-hmm. instruments. But it's amazing, like when you actually step away from uh, your emotions and you actually let the creativity go in with the flow it just happens it's weird like you say, as you say that the song just kind of hits you on the lap and yeah. next thing you're playing on the bbc like it, it's, <laughs> it's it's great like you know honestly it's weird like you know the trajectory from something that you feel like in your head and all of a sudden through the process all of a sudden you've just a launch pad which it's crazy yeah um, it is, and, and it is massive mad. congratulations on that it's so cool thank you very much Thank you. Yeah, I think I think the weirdest thing for me was having gone from writing something that was in my own head and things that I'd experienced or things that I'd felt and then other people listening to it. That was terrifying. Um, I think, you know, to start with, now it's a, a joy for other people to listen to it, but it was it was scary to start with because um, you think, what do other people think of it and do they like it and what do they think about me and my feelings? And um, But yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience and especially with the St. Patrick's Day song, um, I think the fact that it connected with so many people because um, I wrote about wanting to go back home and missing home and kind of being far away and kind of maybe losing who you were and talking about all being back together again one day. Um, I think that really resonated with a lot of people, um, which uh, made my heart very full. That was uh, that was really lovely. Yeah, because even I heard a different piece on the radio this morning that really connects to your heart. And I think one thing in more ways than one is like, maybe just being say ridiculously sensitive or working a lot on yourself like you really tune into the world and when you're more attuned with anything you know any sort of vibration uh connects to you uh 
mm-hmm. for a level of music. It could be a beat. It could be the waves if you're by the beach. It could be the passing cars on the road, whatever. Yeah. More intensely, depending on the music beat, that's the beauty and the different levels of it. And if you can really connect to the music, uh, which I've only been fortunate enough in the last two or three weeks, really, uh, to really come back into again. Now, in the last two or three years, I've only kind of got into it. But mm-hmm. it's amazing how when you really focus on that process of just listening to the mind and like then letting the instrument creatively take it that way. Um, yeah. I'd be very interested to understand, like how, how does one go from, like say I would have done maybe the tin whistle to keep it simple and Irish, typical back mm-hmm. in school. How, how does it go back from maybe someone who learns an instrument, maybe to like, how do we encourage someone maybe to start writing? Maybe my journey on that would be, my tips would be try and just spend some time with yourself and you're nearly listening to your emotions and trying to tune into your own emotions. But coming from someone that's done it more professionally, uh, where, 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 where does your own carving come and actually getting from, say, call it the start of the process, maybe with an instrument to actually the finished piece? Or or is it the opposite? Like, Is that even the process? I'm not sure. As you said, maybe it's the opposite it lands in your lap and then eventually you add the lyrics to it afterwards. Yeah. Usually what will come to me is a, um, I think cause I'm very melody orientated. Like um, I did, I did play the piano um, and I've taught myself the guitar as well, but I think melody is something that I've just been very attuned to a lot of the time, especially having done like Irish traditional music um, and um, kind of a lot of choral work as well. So what often happens with me is a, a a slight fragment of melody with kind of some words will come to me and then I have to take it and, and work on it. And often it will take, sometimes it does drop into my lap, but sometimes an idea will come and I will only be able to finish it months afterwards. I kind of need to wait for my mind to process it. And then it's a, then it's a building and a shaping and writing something and then thinking, no, that sounds way too cliched and knocking it back again and, and kind of rebuilding to, to make, to make something which is what happened with with Fool's Gold and then with the piece I wrote for St. Patrick's Day as well, actually. I started out with a bit of a fragment of an idea and thought, I like that, something, but it captures me, so let's try and try and build it. Oh, wow, and even the name, like, with the naming of a song, though, like, with the name itself, I don't even want to put any words in your head here because I want to let the story <laughs> tell itself because I'm starting to gather where it's coming from, but... Am I right in thinking what I'm thinking? Like, where did the name come from? Is my question. Uh, for, when you were for naming, the, well, for, for, the, for, for the single fool's gold or for the. Uh, well, I, either one. I don't want to kind of push you in any uh-huh. way here because I want to say, how how does one arrive at a name like where where you're talking about nearly the baby is obviously the song possibly. Mm. H- how do you arrive then at actually going? Wow, this is the. What do you want to call it? Essentially, it's probably like naming yeah. a child in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> how, 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 how do you arrive at naming your single, essentially, then? For me, with, with Fool's Gold, it was, I was, it's, the whole song is about unrequited love. And so I was just kind of vaguely writing about that. And then I suddenly, so the last two lines in it are, I will love you till I'm old, even though it's Fool's Gold. And that line suddenly Unreal. came to me one day and I was like, oh my God, I was like, that's it. And as soon as like I had the thing Fool's Gold, I was like, that's it, that's that's the name for the single. So that one, it was kind of quite instantaneous as soon as I came up with the line. Um, and then for Take Me Home, it was it was more kind of, I, I sat back and I thought, what do I want this song to be about? And so um, I, I made that kind of the line Take Me Home really feature in the chorus um, because I wanted to kind of, 
get that community feel to it and also kind of switch up with take us home take me home and something that everyone could relate yeah, yeah. to and I thought with that sort of thing I thought make it make it simple that's what's going to stick with people that's what they're going to feel the song is about um and so I thought that's that's the title to go with there so I think sometimes it changes um how, how yeah yeah it, so. that's so cool um because it really is uh one thing that uh i've been listening to Coldplay on and the word that comes to mind is just refining and it's yeah. in for where the podcast we had aimed to get the podcast episode probably launched for uh i think the first week of may but it was only actually yesterday it went live for the first one so like mm-hmm. even a month later but it's amazing, like, this is probably the excitement part of nearly a younger child trying to get everything ready, but at the same time, like, actually going back to school and refining and refining and refining, yeah. and nearly the message then kind of sits and sits and sits, and then it's much more powerfully uh, put together then because I can definitely resonate with this. Um, and it's amazing, like, the one piece I've seen, even from Creatively Call It With Audio, um is how much it actually lifts or reminds or brings so much back. Like it's it's so it's amazing because like the one thing that even I was listening to another piece over the weekend uh, was how when someone's performing, it's like it's when you're nearly in the crowd, it's you're thinking, oh my god, this is oh my favorite band, and you're like you're nearly in awe. You're just like fangirling, as I would say, not being <laughs> sexist, but I, I would be just like, oh my god, and like say in that nature it's like one would nearly forget that the performer actually feels the same way in the sense of like if there's no crowd like there is at the moment like that's probably one of the things like where you are you struggling at the moment missing the piece of obviously the other side of the relationship in the sense that not having live music or live entertainment yes it's probably amazing to be able to play music but that's probably now like please god the next step when covid relaxes now and hopefully you will be able to flourish on the back of all of your success. like Yeah. Yeah, definitely not having that live audience to play to has been difficult, I think, because that's one of the wonderful things about kind of being a musician or being an artist is that you get that connection with the audience and having kind of people there and being able to feed off that live reaction and, and you can feel what they're feeling and that builds and more into your performance. It's an, ama- it's an amazing experience. It's kind of very electric. It's what I love about performing. So having to take that to an online sphere was really interesting. Um, and you still, people could still interact because you'd see kind of comments or people being like, Oh, I love this or, or um, kind of well done, or I'm enjoying this, or I'm sitting at home doing this and listening in. It was really lovely to see that, but at the same time, what's weird is after you finish the performance, you kind of shut down your laptop and it's just you in your room again. And it felt <laughs> quite, you know, it felt, it felt like very, it was a very stark difference. Whereas with the gig, you get to go and meet people and enjoy it and it's a whole experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was very odd. It was very odd. Um, so I am looking forward to getting back to doing live performances. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose with that, the follow question is, is there anything, have you any sight on, not nearly second setting expectations, but the fact that nearly your wavelengths are getting out to very far audiences at the moment. Like what, what's your plans? Please God, once COVID settles down a bit. Um, I would love to go on a tour. 
So I'm trying to, I mean, I'm looking for places at the minute in London to perform. Um, and um, I I had a chat with um, a lad off of Clubhouse as well, who said he would be able to get me um, a, a kind of a performance slot at the Bottom Factory um, when, when things open up back in Dublin, which would be wonderful. I would love to go for a perform there. So um, yeah, just kind of putting on a feelers at the minute to see, see what we can do. Yeah. Well, that, that, that thing, that thinking it here in my head is nearly the same way with uh, my producer, Shane, who's sitting in Dublin on the background here uh, on the uh, audio side of it. That uh, just a shout out and a plug in for collaborative studios. If anyone ever needs uh, anything in Dublin, he's an amazing producer. Uh, and likewise with London, uh, I'm very grateful that uh, my uh, agency, uh, Sheila, BBE, um, have been equally as amazing through this whole journey and be it with studios or podcasting or anything in general it's a whole new world to me to be honest uh in the general direction and i haven't even been up to meet shane yet again as i said everything is virtual so it's so bizarre that uh you know you have loads of things to look forward to but at the same time it's nearly the excitement of like oh i wonder what will happen or i wonder where things will end up or um you nearly don't want to know the full story yet. You're kind of like the anticipation yeah. of surprises will be. It's like anything. I wait for surprises. Like you know, it's great to know things that are coming, but nearly surprises are the better side of when something comes to. You. And one thing that I, one one thing actually that comes to mind was in my own journey uh, on gratitude, which is the nature of the podcast. In in an essence, like it's all built around well-being from the three sides say of emotional physical and spiritual but the whole essence of driving this podcast is gratitude to give back um and help share and change if we can and inspire but uh the essence of this story came from a very touching piece like uh 2018 or 19 i'm not sure if you remember there was a young man um me hall that was on the late late show um a little 11 year old uh, he's blind Oh, yes. um, yeah, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. So uh, just when you see things, it's, it's so bizarre. Like what landed on my lap was a project of gratitude. I was just like, mm-hmm. job done. Decision made. There's a documentary done in the back of that for him. Uh, now, I haven't even met him yet, which is more ironic in the safety that they want to protect um, his uh, essence. Uh, yeah. And I'm very conscious of even bringing the story to light with... Uh, St. Oliver's and Killarney, but mm. in the essence of the story, uh, St. Oliver's and Killarney is a primary school in Kerry in Ireland. In Ireland, in any world suppose, where we're Irish in this context, it's amazing that the school in itself, right, even to keep me whole separate, the school project that I did was entirely for the school. So it was all to do with positivity. And it was yeah. on the week of my 30th two years ago, right? And the whole thing was just walking around the school, trying to see how we could help. And we had a friend of mine, a producer from the US that flew in and we did it all together. But the most bizarre point of the whole week in one way was that um, leading down through the chapter, it's gas, that the principal of the school, Rory Darcy, is um, also called Rory, naturally, my own name. It's so Uh weird. Rory is a very unusual a name to associate with because I don't come across many of them. But at the same time, like he kept popping surprises. So like one of them that jumps to mind is like at the very end of it, uh, they have a choir. And this was just, oh. I think, about three weeks before Christmas. 
And uh, like, I was just about to leave and they were like, oh, one second. They didn't say anything. And they were like, and then the whole choir was just there in a room. And I was oh like, oh, God, here amazing. we go. <laughs> and, uh, and then they just sang happy birthday. And then they were like, oh, hold on. And they kept going. They kept going. I was oh. worse. I, I, absolutely worth it. In every, <laughs> That's why you do it. I completely was blown away. Yeah. Uh, and li- li- lyrically with all these different points, it's just like where nearly like a present or a gift would arrive at a door. You're just like, bing bong. And you're like, uh, oh, it's so good. And it's like even yeah. when the same connection happened uh, when I heard through Clubhouse on Paddy's Day, I was like, oh my God, uh, she is going to do uh, big things. And it's amazing. Honestly, where you would see it, like you would spot it, like even for the level of there was another... I can't remember the name of the guy that was on the Late Night Show in the last few months just gone, but there's another young kid. There's a few, always in fairness to Late Late Show, they bring young people's dreams to life. You know, they have amazing access through whatever they do in setting those things up for them. Um, And it's incredible how maybe that Irish look or whatever you want to call it comes to life. So like even my podcast, that's where I feel lyrically speaking, uh, nearly poetically, it has come to life. It's gas in that sense, because it's nearly to say the idea drops in your lap would be a gratitude project or be with anything. But it's amazing when you believe in yourself and back yourself, how you can really lift yourself, but also like even the vibrational energies that come in and out nearly in a tide yeah. from what you're doing you nearly get lost in it because you're so used to it and then it's yeah. just like oh dear god and you're like that was and you just get i'm sure like i'm just uh-huh. wondering have you ever like even been stopped in your own day and heard your own voice maybe on the radio or i'm sure you've listened to your own pieces back and it just yeah. caught you it was i think I think the moment that caught me was, so it's the first time I was played on BBC Radio 1 because I wasn't expecting it at all. Um, <laughs> I just, I was just up in my room. I was going to post something on Instagram. I, I was happy to be down in Devon um, at, at the same time. And um, I got a tweet notification through on my phone from BBC Radio 1, like the bot that just tells you what's playing. It said, yeah. playing Fool's, Fool's Gold by Blano. And I was like, <laughs> and I like, I like ran into the kitchen and like my sister was down as well. And so, and they were watching TV and I just started shouting gibberish at them. I was like, oh, 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 oh. Like, what, are you, what are you talking about? And I like whacked on the radio. I was like, everyone shut up. <laughs> and then I was like, uh, and then it took me a few seconds to even recognize my own song. Um, and then um, you're like, who's this person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, I can't, I can't. And I think it was because it took me by surprise. I think um, because any, any, anything else that I've had, like I've known it was happening, or I've like planned it in advance. So it's always been amazing and strange to hear myself on the radio. But I think just that was such a shock. I think that really caught me by surprise. Yeah, that was and, a moment. And how, and how did, how did the uh family around you what would your sister have said like i'm sure that was all like crazy after that as well was it yeah she just whacked our phone and <laughs> <laughs> like, like recorded me listening to it um so yeah they were just thrilled absolutely thrilled for me um yeah it was amazing because I, I had a, i had a similar experience here not so long ago with just an interview on the local radio and my granny was walking through the kitchen i'm here staying with my granny uh, for mm-hmm. the last while and uh she walked into the kitchen and she was like completely just blown in the sense of in her mind 
she thought she recognized the voice and didn't pay any attention to it. Genuinely, I nearly thought she was hearing something in her head. Yeah. And then she came back later on and said, she's like, <laughs> it's so it's like it's just it's so like because to be fair nearly when you're dropping things in now i did even think of it at the time i was like possibly she might be listening to that uh yeah. but it's amazing like where even my mom came back yesterday with a message on the first episode that i brought out it, like that they're the things that you do along the way that really help you know it's amazing how possibly you would nearly creep into self-doubt like I would be very you know hard on my own mind and mm. like every, everyone is by nature but maybe it's trying to let that doubt uh, feed the creativity as well like because you nearly have to like that's the part of music I found real uh, peace in I'd say as well even lyrically or writing in general um, because I, I find or I feel similarly with writing i could compose something in a few minutes be it a poem or whatever no problem yeah but i find once you do that you're just like whoa and then when you actually reflect on it you're like that's that's actually very good but like you don't even know where it comes from it just it falls out yeah. of your head like what the what the hell and uh it's mad and that's so what i'm trying to ask here is in your own uh time so far even from when you were saying like being a little girl and really coming through on the music side of it how did you actually back yourself to say right I'm going to do this like because I'm sure like even where I am at the moment I'm nearly kind of like seesawing in different ways and like for someone like yourself like you're definitely uh very confident and carry yourself very well so where where did that come from in that say inner self that you're like right I really want to go for this yeah it's it's interesting that you say that I'm um, that I'm very confident because I think that's taken a lot of years um, to to kind of get to this place and I I still suffer um, kind of quite heavily from imposter syndrome as well. I'll be thinking oh I'm doing well and then I see someone else and I'm like oh god they're amazing and I'm like I don't deserve to be here. Like what am I doing here? Why does anyone like my stuff? Um, so I think it's it's just taken time and I think it's also like the support that I get from 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 my family which is really important. Um, but I think also years of performing and people who I don't know coming up to me and telling me that they have enjoyed it and that they've connected with me and that they feel something like that um, and kind of gives me that confidence to to pursue it full time. And I think it was I really started. So I think it was around three, three years ago. I thought this is kind of something I want to pursue as a career. And then um, over lockdown, I really just clamped down on it. I think just being at home and not being able to be distracted by everyday life or going out or doing whatever I just thought what is it what is it that makes me happy and um it was I just kind of thought it's it's singing and, and that's what it is and so uh it was really you know over the past year that I have just thought uh, like everything guns blazing towards towards this because this is the only thing not the only thing that makes me happy but um the thing the thing that I just want to do more than anything else so yeah, it's funny because even just there, as it actually happened yesterday, as we were recording another episode, a phone call came in and it's like we're in life, the simplest points on a lot of things I find is our nature as humans. And I'll take this on a talk strain and see what you take from it, because I think musically speaking, it might be very interesting just or even uh, from a composer's mind uh, that a lot of what I struggle with is for anyone that hasn't heard it so far, rehashing it, it's 
emotional turbulence, like really intense emotions that flip between kind of happy, sad, or say angry states. And it's just a roller coaster. Like, but that nearly is like a, a child. Like, if I'm making it very simple, yeah. it's like being a child every day, which in its essence, people would love to be. A lot of people are like very jealous and thinking, if you could be a child every day, you don't have any worries. But what it brings with the level of past traumas, we're trying to focus in the present and then trying to be positive for the optimism of the future. It just brings a lot of confusion. And look, in fairness, it takes a lot of work, um, yeah. but it, it makes it even more interesting in the sense of life and where I'm at this current point is a lot of inner child work and working mm-hmm. on my inner self with inner trauma, which I feel a lot of people, and I think everyone nearly a royal um, global statement in a sense that you could say that everybody suffers in life, right? And this mm-hmm. is whether from when you're younger or to when you're older. The most important thing that I've now come to realize is that whether you're suffering from failures or success, um, you're still suffering. Like So the one point that I'm trying to uh, identify with in my own self is not to identify with anything nearly. It's the complete opposite mm-hmm. in the sense that you just need to step away from, which is not easy, uh, your psychological state and your physio- physiological state and yeah. literally just step back and be like in a space between them because it's like anything if you even visualize for anyone that's listening lying in bed every day and when you nearly open your eyes boom the day starts there's distractions everywhere like you just fall into habits you fall into your nature and all the rest of it so i think what i'm coming from is even a lot of the stuff maybe i mentioned earlier about massive cold play fan so even a lot of the stuff that I saw recently even with Worthing Farm and how Glastonbury is set, like mm. I remember even he had said that they go to Glastonbury during the winter just to see what it's like when it's quiet. A lot of what I find at the moment in my own peace is that when I am with myself in darkness, which has been the darkest chapter of my life in general, that's where I find the most peace, which is so ironic mm. when I think of it in the last two years, how it's been before. Yeah. So like what I think nearly comes from the whole story is that I found peace through darkness, whereas before I would have seen darkness as something to run from. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And I think I mean, I'm usually quite happy. Well, I think I, I appear I think to a lot of people it's kind of very happy and very extroverted. And then a lot of the stuff that I write is a lot more um, down, down tempo, very um introspective very reflective like a lot of quite heavy imagery um and I think in a way like what you're talking about there and being at peace with darkness and being at at, at peace with that rather than trying to constantly push it away or constantly trying to distract with like a stream of content or different things um I think sitting down and fully engaging with it is so therapeutic um and that's I think what has really been beneficial to me with the songwriting and why also I think it's taken me a few years to get to the stage where I'm writing something that I'm genuinely happy with because I think when I was writing stuff before it was like I was trying to force and and, and see what comes so yeah yeah and it's even funny when you say the word force there 
even with technology, the Wi-Fi is slightly cut in. It's amazing how <laughs> when you really tune in even to the words and lyrics and life in general, like even with the level of, you just appreciate that we're very fortunate to be able to do these even remotely from the comfort of our own homes in the pandemic. As I say that, it cuts in again. Uh, for anyone that's on audio, it's gas that Wi-Fi, like technology is something that we rely on so much. And I think this is where bringing in the point of something in the nature of something creative if it is music or if it is anything like maybe it's your phone or whatever just remember that we are very addictive by nature like that's just the human way like that could be anything from sugar to alcohol to anything to be honest habitually but like we 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 tend to lean on certain things which is entirely needed but the most important thing, as I say, and as you're saying, rather, is that we need to learn to be self-sufficient as well, that we don't over-rely um, on, be it maybe uh, anything in particular, because so over-reliance or dependence is something even at the moment that I really struggle with in yeah. that nature that, again, when you say <clears throat> it's so connecting in my head that being very nearly introverted is nearly like in the phrase itself introspective like just so introspective on your own inner life and then like nearly extroverted when you're outdoors but I heard a great phrase recently where be it either side of the spectrum that if you're introverted it uh what's the phrase you're expending energy but to be extroverted you're uh, collecting the coins along the way. So like, yeah. it's, it's amazing because that's probably where you're, you're, you're in the same way. I think here at the moment, I find it much harder spending huge periods of time on my own. Yeah. But then when I'm flourishing with others, like you just have that connection. I don't know what it is. It just brings this blanket of safety and energy and whatever else. I, I'm a completely <laughs> different person yeah, when I'm in too. company than mm-hmm. when I'm actually on my own it's yeah. so bizarre yeah it's and it's like it's it's wonderful too I guess in a way because like you said you can yeah, feel the energy of people and, and join in and kind of create create that joy elsewhere but it is it's strange it's almost like switching off a switch you just yeah it is you go it your literally own just, is yeah but it probably it probably gives you that side of <clears throat> one of even the diagnosis uh uh what would you call it essentially i've been through two periods of inpatient treatment and in dublin uh they essentially on the bottom of the report now they didn't say it literally but the diagnosis at the bottom was like mixed personality disorder and then i went through an inpatient treatment uh recently in kilkenny in the sense of launching this podcast just with social media and they came back and they actually diagnosed me with bipolar type 2 in my own way i had gone down borderline personality disorder to be honest, all these things are just labels, right? And it's funny where now I've gone down even the likes of um, following connections on music. Like I remember even watching a podcast recently with the Geordie podcast on Robbie. Um, Robbie Williams was performing then essentially after it. And you could literally go, ah, oh, n- now I see. <laughs> no, in the sense that you're like, you connect to people that are talking about really dark yeah. chapters in the sense of like, that they struggle and they nearly are afraid. Like there must be a huge level, I'd say, of even stigma mm, in mental absolutely. health in 
in general across even probably one of the most successful industries in the world. Like yeah. even for artists to just be comfortable to say, like other other people that come to mind are like Jim Carrey or like there's so many different things because they're seen to be probably outliers. But at the same time, it's so ironic in society that if we didn't have the creative piece as in creativity and if there wasn't an entrepreneurial or artistic flow or poetic or lyric or whatever, the like world would be so mundane. I hate to say that, but at the same time, mm-hmm. The flourishment that comes from all these different points of support that people nearly lean on, these are all the different navigating plots of people along the way have found their own journey through suffering. Yeah. Yeah. I entirely agree. And it's it's the I think what's so wonderful about art and comedy and music and literature and all that sort of stuff is finding your own experience through someone else's words and someone being able to encapsulate entirely what you have felt, but what you have never been able to give form to. Um, And that has been so liberating for me and I'm sure it is for everyone else as well. And so you're right in a way, it seems, it seems crazy that we don't talk about this sort of stuff more when it is mental health is the, is is the foundation for the human experience. It it underlies, underscores everything that we do. So, and, and so much of the, the struggling with it and the comprehending of it and the, the grappling of who it is to be and what it is to be and how we should be with each other. It's what all great art comes from. And it's what we all love to enjoy and experience. And yeah, it's it's mad that we don't just delve a bit deeper in that way and say, and just acknowledge that let's talk about it more openly. Yeah. And like, even for one thing that will come to mind, like say for the context of the example, sport came to mind, but even a concert, like say someone that would be going to a festival or going to a gig, please God, mm-hmm. that will be attending one of yours very soon, hopefully. People just nearly, they drop their own uh, ego or probably they drop their nature of who they think they are and just they become themselves even when they attend the concert because you'd see they might dress up. Or like, like, like they become a child again. Like they just, yeah. they become, oh my yeah. God, I'm going to like nearly what would be the equivalent of a birthday party or something. They're just thinking, this is going to be yeah. so much fun. They get dressed up and all the rest of it. And everyone sees that that's okay at a weekend because yeah. that's fine. That's deemed to be traditional in the sense of society. Beggar's belief, even that phrase, right? When I'm bringing that to mind now and even trying to pull it apart on the spot, mm-hmm. on the back of some theory, is that not so long ago, the art itself was seen as probably one of the least um, supported uh, industries in the world or even one of the least supported uh, professions through history. Like, you know, you hear of so many stories of maybe uh, the piece of some music that made it came from someone that was in, say, a king's court playing to, like, someone a poetic story like that it's just all hardship like it's so so stark where now musicians have or anyone in art really seems to have got this massive trajectory in the change of traditional ways over the last probably 100 years to be fair like even to the times of war like all the stuff Mm -hmm. even in the Irish Civil War over 100 years ago like none of the the minute things nearly were I'd say sorry the minute things became difficult in Ireland even as I lose my breath on this not that I'm getting any way ironic in the sense of like Ireland and England and all the rest of it it's more traditionally speaking 
a lot of suffering came through the British Empire for Ireland and where I suppose the first thing that happened there was, you know, a lot of the creativity in Ireland was shut down. You know, they were like, no, not a chance. Yeah. You're not allowed to do anything and all the rest of it. And I think a lot of that suffering is still very present in our own society, to be fair, today, because it carries through generations. A lot yeah. of the work that I'm doing at the moment is working and connecting with a lot of that, as in it's called transgenerational trauma. So you're yeah. pulling back a lot of the world and... um it's amazing. That's probably maybe where, say, a lot of musicians see or creative people see when nearly they open their eyes. They don't need much because you get so attuned to the awareness that you're connecting to everything. There's triggers everywhere that yeah. from what I even see in people that are in the creative arts, you should be so careful. And um, naturally, say if you're going on tour, you should be so careful on your own monitoring of your own well-being that you're careful where you expose your energy to and how you expose yourself because if you look at the tragedies that do result from a lot of uh, creative lifestyles yeah. it's one of those things that even I'm feeling at the moment not saying I'm any way different than I've ever been but like say for example if this podcast goes in a journey that might change my way of life in a sense of if people start coming back like you're saying and saying oh you're really changing our lives and you're, you really feel the impact but what might come from that is like if the ego starts to take over and it's like oh if they this little bit of a power trip coming in to yeah. think you more of more essentially what i'm trying to say is you have more responsibility that would come with yeah. uh speaking from your voice if you did have an audience and with that naturally yeah. i'm sure a lot of people that wouldn't understand how tarnished their mental uh, health as you say that's where like there is god knows how many tragedies that come from this i'm sure they just kind of say they kind of say sure they can't leave their house because we think of lockdown they're locked down everywhere and yeah. depends on the level of success the more and yeah. the more success you get naturally it probably is harder to find that solstice to switch off yeah yeah i can imagine i think um I mean, obviously, I'm I'm not that level, but I can I can definitely imagine the the impact um, that when you've touched so many people, how then they look up to you and how something quite interesting. He said um, over lockdown, obviously, since you know Coldplay weren't performing, no one was performing. Um, he said I had to take a step back and think, who was I without an audience screaming my name? Yeah. I thought that was so interesting, and he said like it really made me lose a lot of my ego over that past year because I realised I was just me and without everything around me, all the kind of paraphernalia. Who was I? So yeah, um, it's it's yeah. so good. Like as in, yeah. sorry, so good in a very difficult thing to do. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. And like one thing that I find is very present for my way this week is trying to really understand how to manage that ego like mm. and the ego is probably the most destructive part of my life uh where like normally i'm so calm and composed in my way like internally or externally if i don't give that ego it's say space like the one thing that keeps coming mm. to mind in so many ways is really like the trilogy will say more in the arts of uh creative film in the sense of like the Joker or the the League of Shadows, like this is probably where things probably get really, really, really intense. The more intense you get in your own way, it's funny. Like ironically, the more you spend um, on your own 
health as in literally uh, time if you actually give yourself time and actually listen to yourself you actually get more you, you become more intense so yeah. nearly you drift into method acting which is so yeah. ironic and when you even come into method acting that's where it even becomes more dangerous so like in those levels the more the more you're working on yourself the more you nearly go from like uh typical call it uh personality disorder type states to like manic to like you can really touch on schizophrenia you could touch on like psychedelic type states you could touch on everything it's bizarre your mind doesn't even need like external type psychedelic support or anything like that like even from doing like something simple like yoga at the moment Mm. naturally i would be able to tap into your natural psychedelic system and your mind just starts going crazy but it, it just it works its way out because naturally as you said with the cold play stuff um nearly uh your mind when your eyes closed is just focusing on the thoughts if you want to go forward you need inspiration so like anything that's where you have to get up every day and actually work forward with it and that's probably one of the more important parts that if you can manage that ego in the past and you're happy and content with those stories in that narrative like if Mm -hmm. i do that morning ritual or whatever it is um that's where the beauty of life is. It's it's so yeah. simple when you say that, but like not many people would relate to that because I think more times that I actually go forward, the more I'm nearly drawing creative people into my life. But like it's nearly true what I heard in the last few months. Like if you say, call it, uh, people say, oh, I love you, right? And the word love even in itself with Avicii and all the rest of the stories uh-huh. that come rolling off the back of that is what I understand or my best perception of love would be it's connecting over trauma. People connect over stories of suffering nearly. Possibly that's just a colloquial definition, but that's what I would feel. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's very, I think that's really interesting definition. I mean, I think love comes in so many different forms and so many different levels of intensity that I think that's the wonderful thing about it. And it could be communicated to, in so many different ways and felt felt in so many different ways by so many different people um but yeah yeah it's so true because like that art of music then allows you to express how you're feeling to the world like without the musical piece then it's like um you could easily do it yourself and not um put that out to the world you know i'm sure there's many Mm. people that write music themselves and we don't believe to go down that route um fully uh, like i was saying earlier but it's amazing like how someone in your nature nearly pulls everything aside and says right it's not for the money it's not for anything else feeding egos or anything like that this is who i am this is what gets me through life this is what i love doing and even that word love again it comes back and i love the word love i'm not trying to knock it yeah, <laughs> it's like this is what supports me through my life. If if yeah. if music is the one thing in life that can allow me to be myself, like that's the bull of us. Like it's so interesting. Yeah, and that's it. And I think that because um, I remember a wee while ago, someone uh, asked me like, if you didn't have people to perform it to, would it still be the same? I thought that was a really interesting question because, in one way yes, it would be the same because I write music for me and it's something that I need to do. But at the same time, being able to connect to people, like I remember um, 
one of my friends said to me, she was like, oh, you know, I've been in a happy relationship for like a few years now. She said, but I feel heartbroken when I listen to Fool's Gold. She's like, and I feel like I've gone through a breakup. Like I feel like I've gone through that. Um, and it was, you know, people being able to feel the same thing as me and being able to communicate that to people is such an intrinsic part uh, of, of the music for me as well. So kind of the that inner story and why I need to do it, but also that human connection to other people is so important as well. It's kind of difficult to separate the two sometimes. But I think nearly the one thing that I saw on a LinkedIn piece going back a while was this is probably one of the benefits I'd say from helping managing uh, yourself through music is um, when, when you literally from a psychological point of view, when you uh, say something and if you say something to someone else, if you say something like anything, a thought becomes a behavior, it becomes an action. If you say it, to yourself all of a sudden like it's external and it's out there if you write it even more so mm. it's on the paper and then if you start to vocalize it and when you start to do all these vibrations naturally it goes out to a wider audience what i'm saying is nearly when you put such an intense intrinsic uh, internal piece out there you're literally putting on a shelf and you're like you're holding everyone else uh, out there to say this is my story and then the whole accountability piece comes in. So when nearly the opposite that they'll say, oh, you're doing amazing work. What that is nearly in another way is like what I would do even through gratitude when I'm sending little pieces out on my thoughts is check-ins. So even when you're going through that flow, it comes back, it's like, oh my God, thank you for doing that. In your head, it's like, you're doing an amazing job. You know, that's the little like sticker back (laughs) in school. Well done. Yeah, It's amazing because when you take the risk to kind of, uh, segue into a completely different world you need mm-hmm. support and as you yeah. say like naturally uh, leaving the nest and doing that you're nearly putting it out to the world to say look please look after me I'm very vulnerable in my own way I will mm-hmm. always analyze I'll overanalyze in times of I suppose struggle I'm just hoping that you look after me yeah it's, it's amazing how that kind of ripple comes through now again probably one of the most important things to understand about this as well is it's not always going to be positive. And um, like, exactly. ha- have you seen anything in the industry yourself? Like I, I can even come with an example to mind as well of it's always the opposite then, because there's that one negative comment that will just sit with you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, certainly I've, you know, there are definitely people who don't like my music and who aren't into it and don't like the song and, you know, songs are boring or or whatever um and I think it's um having that center in yourself and knowing that it impacts the people that you want to impact like a lot of um uh kind of other singer songwriters and other kind of industry people that I've met on Clubhouse have often told me the same thing which I think is really great they said not everyone is going to like you and that's great in fact that's better you don't want everyone to like you because then you will find the people that you really connect to and that's and that's what's important and you'll speak to them and that's it and it's that I think I mean I keep saying you know a few, a few years ago I don't think I would have been as confident and I think some of this stuff would have affected me more and it's about I guess bringing together a couple of things that we've talked about one that distance from it like if you if you make something put it out into the world it's so easy to then invest your entire self-worth into that because it is a part of you 
Um, but I think having having that distance and knowing that it is being able to take that step back and knowing that that isn't you they're criticizing because it's so easy to conflate the two um and i think when someone says i don't like that song what they're really saying is i don't like you i hate you and i hate everything you've ever done <laughs> but they're not saying that they're just saying i don't like the song um so uh but, e- but even more on that thought it's like where i find i've nearly now been so aware on my own intensity that you nearly with negativity especially the fact i don't feel like fully yet i have uh, come to a place where I'm at peace. And I nearly always at the moment nearly counter argue, do I want to get to a level of peace? Because mm-hmm. nearly when I when I have the negative, like to be honest, I don't want to change myself. I just want to learn how to manage it better because yeah. I find the negative, the negative side of my life, especially with the turbulence, if I walk into an environment, it just feeds out the negativity from wherever it needs to come out. So nearly with the energy positively or negatively, you literally can walk in without even saying anything. And you get an energy, it's probably the same thing in performing where you'll get a real sense of the energy and you'll find your way. Yeah. And literally, you nearly find you could help something um, through just being yourself and being so attuned, so attuned to the energy. It's so, so ironic. It's so different to being, I suppose, the Rory of old and the nature I just would have been two or three years ago. Whereas now it's all about right tuning into yourself, the environment and nature and nurturing and discipline and yeah. Not, I'm not saying I'm an angel, but it's it's really appreciating Mother Nature mm. for what it is and how fortunate that we are to have the gift of life. And especially one of the things I find I'm coming back to a lot at the moment, I suppose re-essence, sorry, the, the essence of rephrasing my gratitude again is like even my gratitude in more recent times like even to give you a funny story has got me in trouble in different ways right um, oh, and yeah. <laughs> where like I would have been before uh going to Kilkenny that week I got detained I was like just waking up one morning I had got money back from tax and I was like grand and I was like how will I have a bit of fun so anyway I drove off up, off up to Dublin and I've done this before in different chapters where mm-hmm. I would have just, even as I say that, right, Revolut thing pops in on my phone, just talking about money. It's ironic. In these different ways, I'm connecting all these different things. It's funny. You know, I think your phone is thinking about you. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the story essentially is that even, and it comes back in there and saying billing problem. Anyway, uh, in a good way, it's more that everything that I've been doing in gratitude, I need to hand, handle it a bit better. Why I'm bringing these stories to light is for a number of places that I dropped gratitude around to, not many people understand gratitude. Um, and I think the more I connect in along these journeys, the one thing you would keep hearing for say, like the Coldplay stuff would be like, they'd always be like, we're so privileged to do this as a profession. You know, they'd be always like, mm. this is something that is supported through people. The good yeah. of people in gratitude allows them to do mm. what they do. And even with that, when they do gestures, say from someone that is established, People love it because they're in awe yeah. and they have made it. In fairness, in fairness, they have a reputation. So I already have a reputation for being very aggressive in a disruptor-like manner with my own gratitude. But I don't really knock that because you're trying to make a change and you're trying to inject that level of going, right, I'm doing good. And a lot of people actually along the way have stopped me and said, Rory, that is very brave what you do. Mm-hmm. And you literally kind of nearly don't identify with the money. You're like, no, this for what it has done for my life all those gratitude gestures would be um, 
saying a big proper thank you to say, look, what you've given me through education or whatever it might be is mm-hmm. like, it's the least I could do yeah. in the sense of like any way in life, like even a call yesterday that we had for one of the other episodes that we're going to next week was all to do with mentoring. And it was all about like the little nuggets. So like maybe for one of the last parts of this conversation to tie it in nicely would be for anyone that maybe is in Ireland or in anywhere in the world that maybe is a like young girl like you at mm-hmm. times in your life and still yeah. a very young girl in grown up shoes essentially, but we're all children just in different forms. Yeah. And wh- where, where would your own, so before I ask a closing side of it, uh, where would your own memories go on your own golden nuggets over the years from maybe mentors that you have say reflected on? And this could be across the board. It doesn't have to be strictly professional. Yeah. Um, it's different. I've had, a, I've had a lot of great mentors in, in my life who've um, built me up in various ways from, you know, music teachers who kind of have um, nourished, nourished my soul um, and kind of told me that I have, something worth pursuing um from you know my family um from my mother and father who always who always give me a lot of good advice um my dad has always said um two things in particular which always stick out to me um one is which everything is worse at night <laughs> so whenever I'm feeling bad he's like look out the window is it dark outside and I'm like yes he's like stop thinking about it <laughs> like it would be better in the morning and it nearly always is um and um trying to think if there's any other advice um that I've always gotten um I think I think one thing which is which has come to me more recently is um so I've been taking singing lessons over the past year and I think I obviously had music lessons when I was younger but I think with everything that's going on as a child you you fail to see the gradual changes that happen um and it's so easy to I'm kind of one of those people who if I don't get an instant result I'm like that's it like done um and it takes me a lot to kind of focus on something and, and see it through um and over the past year I've been doing singing lessons and I looked back the other day a, a video of me you know performing performing live and the difference in my voice has been huge and that's kind of been due to you know my singing teacher and her constant like just tiny little changes but always been so encouraging that like the change has been huge but I never saw it until I looked back so that I think recently has been a big uh enlightening thing for me as well um yeah, yeah. that's brilliant it's so interesting because even it comes to mind on a conversation I had yesterday with a colleague at work it's like the same thing I find when you nearly be so sorry when you nearly would be so flamboyant in your nature as you're saying similarly that character traits nearly come to shine through uh, mm-hmm. in the extroverted way that we externalize everything but then internally would be so kind of nearly shut down but then when someone actually it's like someone if anyone listening to this was to take the phrase that I keep coming to mind with if you're looking down only ever look down on someone if you're helping them up like if if, yeah. if you do the smallest gesture every day to help someone, like that is making a difference. Like yeah. through what I'm doing here is a bigger dream, but it's a reality now to be fair. So it's like, it's trying to just remember that all I want to do every day is just do the simple things well, help where I can. And in the nature of what I learned this morning, I suppose in a clarified, simpler form is, probably teeing up my last question in the sense that if you think about life in general, which 
a lot of people use that phrase very, very, very colloquially. And it's like, I don't think they actually nearly mean what they actually say sometimes when they don't tune into it. And I would have been guilty like that over the years, but more so now when I'm actually hearing those phrases, you nearly tune into it lyrically speaking, yeah. even day to day on people's words and language. It can be very stark and telling a lot about a situation. But it's like where you want to be simple. It's like where life is all about, like as I was saying earlier, when you have your eyes closed, even if you think about when you're born, before you're born and when you actually kind of like come into the world, it's like life is all about taking the experiences from the past. And that could be yourself, where you are now, your generations mm -hmm. before you, just life in general. Uh, and that's maybe where the phrase probably even tees itself up. And then what you're trying to do with that or what I really want to connect to and what I feel like I'm connecting to, I'm just trying to bring the emotion into it now is using all of that to impact change. Like that's the biggest point of what I do every day. And it's not trying to set standards of expectation, like waiting for certain things to arrive in my life for that to happen. If I literally will do my ritual every morning and be like, this is my reflection on myself over the years to the day I am now and breathing as we are now. Even when I say the word breathing, it tunes you in so quickly. I'm sure when you're doing singing lessons, it might be the same kind of way. Yeah. It really helps you focus because breathing is the only constant that we have. So I suppose what I'm trying to say on final uh, chapters on these things is well, one side note we might come back to at the end in the sense that I was hoping we might get a uh, piece uh, performing uh, either side of this, which, which, which we can do if you're open to it after the episode and we can put it out with the episode, uh, is that from a context of someone that's so composed and relaxed and even the composing words in this help you so much in that sense that mm. like um, your work and this is coming with the gratitude uh, and I'll just leave it with final thoughts really it's not really a question it's more so your, your work on what you're doing is changing lives because it has connected to mine and I'm so grateful for the work that you have done over the years because it has helped many Irish people I'd say even myself take that essence of connection and drive on and help lead that movement for change thank you very much no that that means so much to me as well and that's all I mean like I said that's all I've ever wanted anything that I any 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 music that I put out there and any anything that I do is, is to have that impact and to know to know that it's you know had any impact on anyone um it's just amazing so thank you so much for saying that no problem at all um and yeah as if I didn't even ask the question sorry the one question I had was if you were comfortable <laughs> with it uh we could possibly uh, put something together uh for either the clubhouse uh piece or if you want to just put your single something in general that we could help uh, put out with the episode if you were happy to do that yeah um, absolutely. we can we can arrange that but um i feel like it might be a nice introduction that normally what i've been running with the episodes uh and just to fin finish on the final point of this is like an um, entry that one of the um ideas happened last week essentially is you have the run of the normal flow, the intro to the podcast, which is like, like anything, setting the uh -huh. scene for this. And then I've been putting together nearly a monologue. What I nearly would feel like might be an interesting point on this is like nearly putting the mantle over to someone like yourself ah, and seeing how, yeah. we could, uh, see how we could actually allow that happen. Uh, and obviously that will come out with the episode, but nearly announcing it at the latter part of the conversation 
will nearly have clicked with people when they listen to the episode uh-huh. as in the monologue would have came at the start and it yeah. comes back to the conclusion on where your thoughts are to where yeah. we are now and it's, it's mad in the sense that when I even say these things it's amazing that the journey to where we are today is incredible and thank god for technology that's the first thing yeah and i suppose absolutely. in following that um please god you'll be in dublin at some stage and we'll get to see you live i know i hope uh, so i really, if, really hope so if all of these things fall into play uh essentially what i'm thinking is sorry thinking and saying is absolutely gurmi and mahagut and we can't wait to see and continue to follow your success uh, in the coming weeks and months absolutely no, it's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure to be here um, and a wonderful conversation as well. Um, and thank you so much for having me. And I would a love to love to be in Dublin, but b um, yeah, yeah, it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my world, Riff Raff and Rory podcast. Episodes will be available every Monday, and you can listen to the podcast on all podcast streaming platforms. Follow me on. Insta, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. All of my handles are in the show notes. Thanks very much. Tune in next week.